Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. Some of you, listen, the devil tried to get you out of church this year, but guess what? You won, right? Come on. Look at somebody and say, I'm still here. Come on. Come on, say it. I'm still here. Haven't stopped trying. Amen. Love that. Love that. Hey, I want you to open your Bibles if you have them. One of the things I love to challenge you to do this year, and listen, I'm all, I'm all in for people bringing Bibles on your smartphone. You can go to the YouTube uh, Bible app there, not the YouTube, but the Bible app. Our sermon notes are there. You can click that little uh, QR code. You'll find sermon notes. But better yet, if you'll download our app, if you haven't downloaded our app yet, our Heartland app, man, you'll get sermon notes every week. You can add your own notes, but they'll be there to help you and uh, be able to just kind of stay engaged. Damon, it's great seeing you today, man. Love you. God bless you. Hey, we, we have been in the series all week long or all year long about questions that God asks. And uh, we, we discovered there's over 300 questions in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that God asks or Jesus asks. I know we all have questions, but he asks questions, and we've been looking at that. And uh, this morning, as we close out 2023, I want to go back to one of Jesus' most, most favorite topics when it comes to life and living life and navigating through life. It's found in, in Luke chapter 12. But before I, I get to the text, before I read, I want to ask you two questions. And I want you to think about these two questions as we talk to you. I, I don't want you to, to get uh, fixated upon these things, but I want you to think about these two questions. Here's the first question. What are you afraid of the most? What, what is it that you have going on in your life that, that it seems to dominate your mind, your, 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 your heart more than anything else? The second thing is, what do you worry about on a daily basis? What are you afraid of and what do you worry about on a daily basis? Now, this morning in Luke chapter 12, Jesus, in this passage, he's going to address the problem of worry or some some talk about anxiety. One of the things about our culture, we confuse anxiety or anxiousness with with being eager. You, you, You hear kids say, man, I'm so anxious for Christmas or I'm so anxious for, for my birthday to come. What, what they really mean is I'm eager for that. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. Anxiety or anxiousness is not a matter of being eager about something. Anxiety is that uneasiness of mind. Worry is, is that ripping apart of your mind or, or this, this fearful concern that we have. Eagerness is related to joy. Anxiety is always related to fear. Now, now I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm awake at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, tossing and turning, I'm not anxious, excited about what the things that's going to be. Oh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm looking so forward to the day. Usually it isn't my 
anxiousness that keeps me awake at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. How about you? I'm usually worried about something, right? Come on. I've got something, some concern that, that is dominating my mind and my heart to the point that it, it is interrupting my, my sleep pattern to be able to sleep. So, so what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And what do you worry about the most? I think in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is going to give us a very pointed question that he asked in this text. And now again, if you have a Bible and it's a red version, these, these are all red letters, okay? It's not... Not Pastor Phil asking you this. I want you to picture this morning as you're closing 2023 out, you're getting ready to leap forward in the 2024. I want you to just imagine that Jesus is asking you this very question. So he said to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, okay? What you shall eat, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, one translation, birds, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, except if you live where I live, they, they got my barn now. And, and, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? Now just think about this. And which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his statue? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. What's this? If then God so clothes the grass, which is today, is in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Why do you worry? Again, we always have a response. We have something. Matter of fact, there was a survey done in a UK, the top 10 worries that people listed. The top 10, starting from 10, going down to number one. Number 10 was, we worry about diet. We worry about job security. We worry about rent or mortgage payments. We worry about credit card debt. We worry about having low energy levels. We worry about overdrafts or loans. We worry about our overall fitness. We worry about not having enough savings or financial future. We worry about getting old. That's the second one. We worry about getting old. The number one thing that they said that people worry about is overweight. Now, we're at that time of the year, people getting ready to start these resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do it. Listen, these are the top 10. Now, what's this? Out of all those things, there's three observations I just want to give you real quickly. Number one, most all of our worries fall into two categories. 
they fall into health, and they fall into finances. Most everything that consumes our life has to do with our health. And our health meaning sometimes our relationship and what's gone. Not just physical health, emotional health, relationship health. The second thing, all of these ten things that was, that was given, they're universal concerns. Hey, this is not a Northwest Indiana problem. This is not even an Indiana problem. This is not even just a heartland problem. Am I preaching yet? These are human, listen, they're universal. Wherever you go in the world, you're going to find people being concerned about health and finances. And then lastly, the third observation is, these are issues that's going to be with us as long as we can live. Listen, the only way that you and I are going to stop being concerned or worry or filled with anxiety, anxiety about finances or health is, listen, that we die. That's the option. Are you with me? You can either die or you learn how to navigate these things in our life. And here's the thing about it. We don't have to do it by ourselves. It's not something God says, okay, guys, good luck. I hope you can handle this. I hope you can figure out a way. Now, listen, Jesus reminds us that we have a heavenly Father who cares about us. Come on, preaching yet. He reminds us that we have somebody greater than us that wants to come along beside us in this. Now, what's this? Have you ever wondered how much time the average person actually spends worrying? Now, what's this? The same survey came up with this. And here's what they found. They found that each week that we spend 14.31 hours worrying. Now, that equals to 700 and 44 hours a year that we spend worrying. Now, what's this? That turns into 45,243 hours that the average person will spend in their lifetime worrying. That equals to 1,885 days, which equals to 5.2 years of our life that is captured by worry. No wonder we have trouble sleeping, right? Come on. No, no wonder we have to take melatonin or Tylenol PM or whatever. Because we have all of this stuff going on. No wonder we feel like life is just overflowing us and we live under so much pressure. Listen, most of us understand the fact, if I just had one issue to deal with in life, I could probably handle it. I mean, if it was just, if it was just my job, then, then I, could, I, could, I could handle dealing with my job. But how many understand, we don't do a real good job of compartmentalizing our lives, do we? we you, don't, you, don't keep, you can't put job over here and, and put family here and put church here. And the, Listen, every one of us knows that everything happens. Matter of fact, your worship and your ability right now in this service to connect with God worshiping, all is tied to what you did yesterday and last night. Hello, I'm preaching pretty good. You can't, you can't separate that. You can't say, oh, you know, that was yesterday. I come in here. Now I've cleared my mind. And, man, I'm so free to hear from God. No, no. Every one of us knows that what happened on Christmas Day affects us even today as we're reflecting on 2023. So, so what we have to decide is, listen, 
that it isn't just one compartment. But it's when you get job, and you get school, and now you got money, and now you got your bills, and now you got your husband, and now you got your wife, and now you got your ex-husband, and now you got your ex-wife, and now you got your kid, and now you got her kid, and now you got his kid, and now you got our kid. Am I preaching yet? You put all of that stuff together. Listen, no wonder we can't handle life by ourselves. Let me, let me give you a simple definition of worry. Worry is an excessive concern over the affairs of life. Now think about that. The, the key word there is excessive. Worry is excessive concerns over the cares of life. You, listen, Jesus told us these things... The Gentiles seek after. These are common things. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, you know, what, what, where am I going to live? What, those are common things. Listen, but worry is the excessive concern. Now, here's what a study in the University of Michigan come up with. University of Michigan, they got a little ball game. They're going to play tomorrow night against Alabama. Just a small ball game. I don't know if you're going to watch it or not, but it's going to be very exciting for some and very disappointing for others. And we'll just leave it at that. But here's what the University of Michigan, they said, 40% of the worries that we have are unwarranted things that will never happen. Now think this, 40% of the things that we lose sleep over, that we worry, we have anxiety, we have stress, 40% of those things, they don't, listen, they're just unwarranted because they're never going to happen. 30% of the worries have to deal with past activities or decisions that you made yesterday or last year that you cannot change and you totally have no control about. Now, what's that? 30% is about yesterday. 40%, they're probably going to have 12% of our worries that we have deal with criticisms that other people have about us. Now, listen. How foolish it is to spend 12% of my life worrying about what somebody else thinks about me to the point that it robs me of my peace and my joy that God wants me to have in my life. Am I preaching yet? But 12%, 10% of the worries have to do with our health, and they just make things worse when you worry about it. You understand that? Listen, only 8%, everybody say 8%. 8%, 92%. Two percent of the worries that we have in our life, only eight percent are real, justified concerns that we have going on in our life. But listen, worry happens when we have this all-consuming feeling of uncertainty and fear going on on our life, and we have this excessive, everybody say excessive, concern about what's happening. So what's this? Here, here's, here's where the first altar call this service is going to happen. Worry is sin. Okay? Worry is sin. Now, I, I tell you that because, listen, when, when, when somebody takes God's name in vain, when somebody curses, when, when somebody curses, they're using God's name in vain. When somebody worries... They're taking God's promises in vain. You follow me? Worry is a sin. I'm just telling you right now. 
Listen, what, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Listen, worry is a sin because why? First of all, it displaces God in your life. When you and I have commit the sin of worry, we're living as though God doesn't exist. When you, when you commit the sin of worry, when I commit the sin of worry, I'm living as though God doesn't exist and I'm living all, alone on my own and I've got to work this thing. Because listen, God's nowhere to be found. And we know in our heart of hearts, God can be found. Am I preaching yet? Listen, God is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when I worry, what I'm simply doing, I'm displacing God in my life. Now, here's the second thing about worry. The reason why it's sin, it distracts us from the things that really matter in life. Worry takes us away. It's the reason why Jesus said, listen, if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. And he pointed to the birds. He said, think about the birds. You understand the birds don't worry. Listen, when we built our house a couple of years ago, matter of fact, we just celebrated our second year there, our third Christmas, and I built a, I have a carport type thing that I keep my tractor keep my camper up under, and I have birds. Listen, when we were building out there, I never saw one bird on that property. Aaron, I, I thought for sure, well, I've, I've just bought birdless property, and I, and I was okay with that. I never saw a bird. We moved in, and I put this, I put this uh, carport up, and the birds think I built it for them, okay? Now listen, people said, hey, if you hang up stuff, listen, I hung up silver strip, I hung up CDs, I hung up chines, I got a windmill. The birds just thank me for decorating their house. I started with a few. Now, listen, I counted over 70 or 100 the other day just flying in and out. Now listen, here's the thing about the birds. They don't worry about where they're going to get food. They don't sit back just waiting. But they get together, and they have a conversation, and they take off, and they're flying. And all of a sudden, oh, there's a worm. Let's go. Let's go. Bam, get the worm. And they come back, and they feed. And listen, those birds are totally relaxed. They look at all my stuff. I even put mothballs. Somebody said, they can't stand. They packed up the mothballs to the point that they, I think they eat the mothballs. And they still live. If you have a remedy for birds, talk to me after church. I'm just I'm telling you. But listen. When you and I find ourselves in worry, it distracts us. It's a sin, not only because it displaces God, not only because it causes us to live as though Jesus said, listen, your heavenly Father cares about you. you it's your heavenly Father. He created the birds, but he's your Father. And when you worry, you, you, you find yourself living as though God doesn't exist, and all of a sudden, it distracts you from the other really important thing. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God first. Now watch this. There's two kinds of anxiety. There's all kinds of things, but there's two. There, there's specific anxieties. When I say specific worries and anxiety, I mean those things that, that, you, could, that you could name. You know, the, the fear of illness, uh, the fear of losing your job or not having enough money, the, the fear of security, on and on. Listen, th those are specific things that we have to face in this life. But do you know 
the number one thing that God gives us and tells us more often than not, the number one thing that God says don't do, he doesn't say don't steal. It's, it's not stealing important. Come on. He only mentions that a few times. He doesn't say, now don't kill. Is not killing people important? Come on. Absolutely. He doesn't say, don't commit adultery. He doesn't say, don't covenant time. The one phrase, the one thing that God says 365 times is fear not. You think it's important? You think it's important that God would tell us 365 times, fear not, do not be afraid? Even with those specific worries and anxieties in our life, listen, God knew in our human condition, he knew that all of us in our fallenness will go through life sometime on the edge of anxiety because there are specific things that we have to deal with. But even in those specific areas, you know what God says? God says, don't fear. Why? You have a heavenly Father that cares about you. Oh, I want you to get this issue. It's so important. 2024 is going to be an amazing year of faith and an amazing year of leaping and and living a limitless life in so many ways. But listen, if we don't understand that the daily things of life that come of us, those very specific things, our job, our health, our family, whatever, listen, those are things that God says, I want you to understand, I care about you. But then there are those those nonspecific anxieties. Martin uh, Hedinger said this, that one of the root problems of every human being encounters, one of the root problems that every human being encounters is the sensation of dread. He said this dread or this sensation of care or fear is, is, is so sensational because it's usually unidentified or it's vague. It's a person that goes to the counselor or talks to a friend and says, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so concerned. And they say, well, what are you worried about? They said, well, 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 well I, I don't really know what, but I know I am. And they're vague about that. They, they, don't know, they don't know what specifically it is. Now, if it's a health, if it's family, well, that might be one thing, but what, what are you, well, but it's that sensation of dread, that sensation of dread. What, what if the doctor's report says this? It's a sensation of dread. What if the principal says this about my child? Well, what if the school says that it's a sensation of dread? What does it do? It robs us of real joy and peace in this life. And Jesus said, why do you do that? Why do you have that sensation of dread? Why do you worry? Why are you filled with anxiety? You have a heavenly Father. Now listen, how can you tell? How can you tell when a legitimate concern has become a sinful worry? Because worry is, what is it? It's sin. Don't, listen, 
Don't, don't spiritualize. It's not. It is sinful to worry. When you are in, caught in that situation where life is overcoming you, you're, you're displacing God, you're living as though God isn't alive, you're, you're not paying attention to the real important thing. Listen, it is sin, and you need to repent and say, God, forgive me of the sin of worry today. But how can I know? There's three practical guidelines I put. I want to give them. Number one, I know that I'm willing to worry when it's the first thing I think about in the morning and it's the last thing I think about at night. You ever had that? You ever had that situation? First thing you get up, it isn't, oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. You get up and you say, oh, my God, what am I going to do today? I just don't know. And then the last thing you do at night, when you try to go to sleep, when you're, you're, again, you're not filled with this eagerness and anticipating about tomorrow, man, God's got, you're sitting there, you're worried, you're fretting over about what's going to happen. When, 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 when you have something going on, it can be specific, it can be non-specific. But when it's eating at you from the morning to the evening time, listen, that's where you have to stop and say, wait a minute, I've got a God who cares about me. Secondly, you know, you're, you're well into worry when you find yourself talking about it during every spare moment. When, when, when you find yourself in a conversation every, you're, you're, I mean, the conversation may not even be there, but you'll find a way to get it there. Yeah, you know, I know you got, but let me tell you what's going on for me. And every little more. And then thirdly, listen, here, 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 here's when you know you're well in the Word, when you find yourself bringing it up in every conversation. Listen, I'm at, well, I'm at standing in line the other day at a store, and listen, have you ever had these people, and they just feel like that they want to share their problem with everybody? I'm standing in line, and this lady, and I could tell by her hair, I could tell by her body language. I mean, she's pretty, she, she's pretty frazzled. She's pretty, she's pretty whipped right now. She's, she's got a lot, and I'm just kind of keeping my distance. And finally, she just turned around, and she said, you don't understand what I'm going through, do you? And I thought, no, ma'am, I do not. I don't want to know. It didn't matter if I didn't want to know. She's going to tell me. She going to tell me. She unloaded. She started telling me everything. She started whipping her whole family tree around and telling me about every jerk and every knothead that she got. And then she's talking about her, her car. Going to re Listen, she doesn't know me from Adam. I could be the guy that's about to repossess her car. She would know. But did it stop her? No. This lady is well in the worry. Because she's so bad, she's bringing up the conversation in a store to a total stranger. How often do we do that? Jesus said, why? Why would you worry when you have a heavenly Father who cares about you? You, you hear that? Can, can that see it in your heart this morning? I don't care if it's a specific or non-specific worry. Why are you letting it rip you apart? Why is it tearing you apart when you have a heavenly Father who cares about you? And he says this. There's a, there's a verse of Scripture tucked away at the end of, of Peter's first epistle. This was the first verse that God gave me 40 Six years ago, when Sunshine was born, Rhonda's had gone to sleep. They've given her some medicine. 
kind of help her relax. It was just kind of a rough, rough delivery and all that stuff. And I read it, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Why do you worry? Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I put several different versions. King James Version said, casting all your cares on him for he careth for you. Another um, version, the, the CJB version, the, the complete Jewish Bible version says, throw all your anxieties on him because he cares about you. Philip says this, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on him for you are his personal concern. Isn't that what Jesus is telling us in Luke 12? He made the birds he takes care of the flowers, but he's your heavenly father, your personal, you are his personal concern. And then the Message Bible says, live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Then one more translation, the voice says this, since God cares for you, let him carry all your burdens and worries. Now, if you look at all these translations, you see, you see different words that, that he uses to describe the same issues, cares and anxieties and burdens and worries. It covers all of life. But no matter what word we choose, worry, care, burden, no matter God makes this same invitation to us, he said take all of those things, all of your worries, all of your cares, all of your burdens, all of your anxieties, and just give them to me. Do that. So what's he saying? What's he saying? There's a definite action that he's asking out of us. He, he says, you have to cast all your cares upon him. That's a familiar biblical theme that runs throughout the whole testament. I don't even have time to, to give you all the references, but I just give you a few. Psalm 55 and 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. Psalms 56 and 3, when I am afraid, I will put my trust. See that? See, see that action that's happening? Then he says, commit your way to the Lord in Psalms 37 and 5. Listen, God intends that you and I will not and should never be strangled by worry. God said, I've done everything that I can do for you, but there has to be a deliberate decision, a deliberate action that you're making, that you're casting your cares. It's talking about really the, the translation there. It's like, it's like a, a hiker that, that's been on a hike and he's got all this stuff and he's hiked to a spot and he finally gets to the spot where he's going to... And literally what he does, he casts with vigor. He throws it down. He doesn't just, well, you know, Lord, I want to bring my burden. I just want to give you one and I want to give you another one. And No, no. He, he, listen... Well, what he's telling us that you and I do that is something that we have to be very intentional. I'm tired of carrying that. I'm done for the day, the camper said. I've reached my limit. I'm unloaded. Some of us, listen, you have to do that every day. Because we are notorious for going to a prayer meeting, going to church, Saying, God, I give up. I'm going to stop worrying. I'm not going to allow this to bother me no more. Only 
to walk away. And before we do, we pick it right back up again. Hello? And we carry it. There has to be an act of the will to unload. It's something that we, we decide to do. Well, when, when, when Sunshine was born, we, we decided that, yeah, there, there, are some, there are some deliberate steps that we've got to take in order to, to see that her needs are taken care of. But, but Ronnie and I decided, I, I shared with her when she, when she woke up, I said, honey, this is the verse God has given me. I, I know it's not the only verse, but I know this, this is going to be one of the most important verses in our next year, five years, 40, whatever the years is is that we have to cast our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. You know, people showing up say, well, you know, Pastor Phil, Rhonda, maybe God's just giving you a special assignment. I don't want that assignment. I didn't sign up for that assignment. Are you with me? There's some of you right now, you've got stuff going on in your life. You didn't sign up for it. You didn't get in line and say, hey, God, the next person that's going to be diagnosed with cancer, how about give it to me? The next marriage is going to end in divorce. How about just sign me up? No, you didn't sign up for it. But life's happening. What are you going to do? You're going to limp through life and you're going to try to carry the stuff and you're going to have Christianese language like you believe in God, knowing in your heart you really don't fully trust Him because worry has called you to displace God in your life. He's not the all-powerful God in your life. Everything else is more powerful than His voice. What is your life? Jesus said, what is it? Folks, somehow or another, the American church has got to wake up to reality. Death is not the final blow for us as Christ followers. It ends this life, yes, and there is mourning. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with mourning. We have a funeral Saturday. There will be tears. There will be mourning. We should mourn. Don't come to my funeral and not cry a little bit. You better fake some tears if you have to. But this is not it. You understand that? Our hope is not here. There's so much more waiting for us. But we have to, listen, we have to decide that we're going to release, we're going to throw the full weight. There's a definite action. And then secondly, there's a deliberate release. I cast all my cares. Listen, I I challenge you. Here's, Here's some homework for it. I challenge you this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow maybe. Be willing to sit down and make a list of all the things that you're afraid of and what you're worried about. Make a list. It's just for you to see. Nobody else needs to see that list. But when you write down, make that list. It might be three things. It might be 15. I don't care. But at the bottom of that list, write 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all my care on him, for he cares for me. Now, here's what I know. When I made my list, there, there, there are some of the things that I list depending upon the day, the moment, what's happening. There, there are some of the things that's on my list that they're going to just take care of themselves. I worry, and I'm concerned about this, but it's just, it's just the daily stuff. You know, 
Every year my mom's made a Japanese fruitcake. It's, and I'm not even sure if it's Japanese. She, maybe she just made it up. But it's a fruitcake that only she could make. And mom's, mom will be 90, and she made one this year. And mom, you'll be watching this at some point. I loved it. It was great. I got it all consumed. Because she's halved it between me and my elder brother. He gets half, I get half. But I know mom, I know I could tell the cake wasn't, but I know she's getting down. So, so I, I was really concerned I'd go through Christmas and, and not have a, a real Japanese fruit. And so Rhonda said, listen, I recorded the recipe. I had my mom. I said, Mom, give me the recipe. And I recorded it. I shared it with Rhonda. I said, listen to the recipe. Follow that recipe. I'll have a Japanese fruit cake, fruit cake for, for the next 30 years. Well, she tried it. And she failed. <laughs> didn't work. Now, now, here's the good news. She knows it didn't work. So I'm not telling her something like, I got to pretend. No, she, she knew. She said, Phil, it looked pretty. I'm telling you, I, I was so proud. She had it done. I took a picture. I said, Mom, LeBron, listen to your, your, your video over and over again. She's made me a Japanese fruitcake. Even when your hands came, we get to do it. Don't worry. She's going to pick up the mantle, and I will always be happy at Christmas with Japanese fruitcake. Picture looked awesome. I went to cut into it. Nope. She missed an ingredient or two. But I was very careful because, listen, the, the last time I criticized her cooking, I did it about banana pudding about almost 50 years ago. The first year we was married, she made me a banana pudding. She forgot to put the sugar in the banana pudding. She had the pudding and the banana, but, but, and it was all homemade. It wasn't out of a box, and it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I made the mistake. I was just young. We just married, and I told her how horrible it was, okay? I didn't get a banana pudding for 25 years. So I'm very careful. Because I really do, I really think she has the heart to try again. Would you, before all the people stand and say, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Listen, well, what I'm saying is there, there, there are some concerns and some worries that we have. When, when I look at them, they're going to take care of themselves. Other, other things I put on my list, you know what I know? I know it's God's timing. It's God's timing. I really, I really was looking forward to make an announcement for the end of 2023 that we had $6 million given to the Sunshine Center project. But it hadn't happened. But I'm more encouraged today than ever. It's, it's just God's timing. And when you look at that list that you make, there will be something you think, well, that, that, there's other things. You have to be willing to say, God, give me the patience and faith to walk out in the midst of your timing, not my time, and not give up. And there's other things that I put on my list. That I look at that list and I know that they're, they're ongoing prayer requests. They're things that, that, that are just there. And, uh, and I know that I'm going to continue to pray about them. The song we sung about church and Sunday morning. I, a prayer request. I've been praying for years now. Matter of fact, I, I, still, I still, matter of fact, this morning I deliberately put, I, I think I've got seven dimes in my, in my pocket today. I get all, all, to all of it. There's seven dimes right here. Some of you don't know my dime story, but over 15 years ago, I was praying. It was after this worship center. I was praying over this altar time, and uh, while I'm praying, it was a prayer night, just people coming and going, and I looked down on one of the altars. There was a dime. And I, just, I just reached over and held on to that dime for a second, and, and all of a sudden, I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. He said, if you start believing in me, just like you give 10% of your tithe, 
10% of the city can be yours. And I wrote a poem. This is a dime I hold in my hand. I keep it to remind me of God's sovereign plan. And if I stay true and do my part, 10% of our city is just a start. And I never have forgot that. I keep dimes before me all the time. And after that, I would find a dime. And, you know, there, at one time, if you've been around here for a year, I gave everybody a dime. I really was trying to get you to believe with me. And some of you said, hey, thanks for the dime, Pastor. And Somebody made it. I've got one of these dimes that they took it, and the cow, I think it was cow, he was first service, and he made me a necklace out of it, and, you know, it looked pretty. Just, I said, and I said, God, it isn't about it being pretty. It's what I heard you say. This is the dime I hold in my hand, and if I stay true to God's plan, 10% of our city is just to start, and I'm still praying for that. I'm still praying that church Sunday morning or Thursday night at full throttle, could be something that, that we're so excited about that people just line up to get in this house. And they say, hey, Pastor Phil, you need to start a third service on Sunday morning. I love that. Maybe preach three times on Sunday. I don't care. Because we're trying to get in this place. Some of you got prayer requests. Some of you got things that, 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 that is concerned. It's, it's weighted heavy on you. But you just got to keep praying. And lastly, there, there, there's a divine destination. Come on, Pastor Lindsay. A divine destination. He said, cast all your cares. Where do we cast them at? To the church? Come on, where do we cast all your cares on who? On Him. On Him. Not ourselves. Hey, not a brother or sister. Hey, I want to give you all my cares. I want to, I want to tell you. No, no. Cast all your cares upon Him. Listen, I have to make a decision. Either He carries my worries and anxieties, or I try to do it. And every time I try to do it, guess what? I end up distracted, I end up disturbed, I end up confused, I end up frustrated, I end up burdened. But if I let him carry the load, oh, I still have some of those troubles and, and difficult. I'm not saying they disappear, but I'm saying that in the midst of me throwing that upon him, I have no consuming anxiety. I have, I have no dominating fears in my life. I have no hopeless despair going on. Cast your cares on Him. Listen, that's an invitation that's both intimate and it's personal. It includes everybody in this house, everybody watching online. It's intimate, cast your care upon who? Him. It's personal. Just, just ponder, ponder those four words for He cares for you. Say that with me. He cares for me. Come on, say it. He cares for me. When Peter wrote this verse, he used two different Greek words translated cares or worries or anxieties in the first half. That's completely different from cares in the second half. Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. In the second half of this verse, he careth for you. He careth for you was a Greek word. The phrase meant he fixes his thoughts on you. He gives much thought to you. It means simply... Not only do you have God's attention, listen, because you're his child, you have God's heart. You hear that? You don't just have his ear, you have his heart. He cares for you. He's a personal God to every one of us. He wants to be that. 
the Lord says, listen, I'm with you. Fear not. The most repeated phrase in the Bible, fear not. Do not be afraid. What, what, but yeah, but pastor, what if things get worse? What do you do? Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. Well, what if I lose my health? Come on. Fear not. But what, what, if, what if it's cancer? Fear not. What, what if it's my job? Fear not. You understand? That's what God wants you to declare over every situation in your life. God says, I care for you. I have a personal investment in you. Yes, I feed the birds. The flowers grow. But I'm your heavenly Father. I want, you to, I want to read one last verse. Not in your notes or not on the notes, but it's Psalms 27 and 1. David said, you are the strength of my life. You are my rock, my fortress, my protector. Therefore, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. You are my shield, my strong tower, my stronghold. I will call to you because you are worthy to be praised. I thank you for being my strength and my God. In whom I put my trust. Why do you worry? Yeah, but that, no, no, no. Why do you stop it? Repent. Say, God, forgive me of the sin of worry and anxiety. Forgive me of letting this rip be apart. Yeah, I've got to walk down a tough road. I've got to, I've got to navigate a, a horrible situation with the death of a family member or divorce of a loved one or, or the sickness or disease of someone. But God says, listen, don't worry. I want you to keep all your cares and just throw them upon me. Just give them to me. Be done with it. Why? Because I care for you. Will you believe that this year? Will you, will you hold on to that hope this year? Damon's having to do it. There's, he has no other option. He's having to do that. Navigating everything that's going on. God, may you care for me. Your plans and your purposes, they're what prevails. You, you, you believe that today? Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.